0: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So, we will ask questions
1: from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple.
0: So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian Scout through the Book of Books, Sophie Dollar. I don't know. Hi, everybody. This is Soapy. We are here. We're ready to go. Stacy is here in the studio with me, and we've been having fun, kind of going through the big picture of the Book of Isaiah. That's where we are these weeks. Tonight we read. This past week we read uh, entirely in the Book of Isaiah, which is a little rare. Quite often we have to talk about. Uh, during a given week, we will read passages from. Uh, several different books, or or at least one or two. Uh, like last week, didn't we read from five different books? I think we were it? Thessalonians, Titus, Timothy, Thessalonians, Timothy,
1: timeline. T- First <laughs> <second>
0: Thessalonians <laughs> okay. Titus from Philemon. So I think four or five books. Uh, uh, this week, of course, we got to spend our time entirely in one book of the Bible. It's the book of Isaiah. Uh, we've, we're coming now to where we're beginning to walk through uh, in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Old Testament, we're going to begin to walk through now the times of the prophets. Now, uh, I always have to have in mind uh, this is what Stacy and I have been talking about. Uh, by the way, Stacy, go ahead and say hi. And make sure that you, uh, yeah, I'm not pretending; she's really here. Uh, but we were discussing the fact that uh, this program is about the Bible. It's not just, it's, it's, we all during the week, Monday through Friday, uh, it, it's not really even just about the Bible. It is the Bible. We read through the entire Bible for you if you go to our website, to our podcast, thebiblelive.com, on your phone, on your computer, wherever you'd like to go, thebiblelive.com, and like Saturday Night, Saturday night Live, you know. The Bible Live, and we read through the entire Bible every year. We have a, a, a just a wonderful reading schedule. You can follow our schedule, of course, or you can listen to as many uh, readings in a day as you want. Or as long. Our schedule says that you can read, uh, if you listen to a 15- to 20-minute Bible reading every weekday, Monday through Friday, we'll give you the weekend off, we'll let you go to church and listen to your pastor and so on. But uh, Monday through Friday a 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures every weekday. And then if you do that on that schedule, our schedule, you'll read through the entire Bible uh, every year. You'll hear the entire Bible every year. And that leaves it up to you to listen in your car, at your computer, wherever you might be, whatever uh, device you might have to uh, to listen from. And and so you can do that. uh, Thebiblelive.com. Now, on the weekend here, what we do is we go back over the readings this past week. We read this past week Psalms 105 and Psalms 106, two psalms. That's called our Wisdom and Worship segment. And then we read Isaiah chapters 51 through 39. So we're, we're moving now from the times of uh, the kings, the times of history, in the Hebrew Scriptures and the time, uh, you know, we've come through the uh, Job and Psalms and the Proverbs and so on. We'll talk about those in just a moment. But we're moving into the times of the the prophets, so tonight what I really hope to do is help you, uh, those of you who maybe don't know this and maybe some of you who do uh to to review and to reestablish in your minds uh how to read the bible particularly i'm talking about the tanakh the hebrew scriptures the old testament scriptures uh how to read them and understand them i've had so many young men and women uh particularly of this younger generation and so on that don't they don't have a bible they never read a bible they never more people than you know folks more people than you would remember or, or believe if I told you, um, there are more who fit in this category that uh, uh, they just don't know anything at all about the Bible. Uh, and and it's, it's sad, it's disappointing, but that's what we're here to do is help you if you if you've ever wanted to know what is that book about what is what is the Bible all real, about how right. do you read it
1: real quick I do want uh-huh. to interject there I mean the Bible is it's beautiful and it's God's words and it's meant for each of us it, the printing press was an amazing thing but it is a it is a difficult very it is yeah. a difficult book so in terms I've had of a lot disappointing of young people Stace just yeah. Who,
0: who tell me, you know, I tried to read the Bible once, sure. you know, I to, and it's hard. I've heard of that old book, you know, and it's famous and I, it's supposed to be real important, as you I said, mean, is, the word it of is, God. Yeah. I know, mean, it is, is
1: a piece of literature and it, and yeah. it is as it's a, it's very simple at times, but it's also incredibly complicated. So just kind yeah, of, a
0: it's as, you know, as deep could, as you want to go. Isn't it, it? it
1: really it is. And uh, so just to, and so know, don't feel bad. Tonight,
0: <laughs> since we're moving into a new section. This section we call The Prophets. I thought we'd take a little bit of time now and get the big picture, because I I want you, if you're listening out there tonight in your car, you're going across South Texas, you're and you've always wondered, what is the Bible all about? I'm hoping that we can tell you uh, in a brief time here, essentially what the Bible is about, what you should look for, and how to read it uh, for maximum understanding. And, and so on. So, because sometimes when people say, "Well, the Bible is the Word of God," we go, "We don't." What is, in the world does that mean? The Word of God? Does that mean you know, you open it up and just point your finger down and, and the the type turns golden and, and God speaks? You know, no, it doesn't mean that. As Stacy said, it's literature. Uh, it these are books that were written uh, over uh, uh, about fifteen hundred year period. About fourteen hundred year period, actually not excluding the New Testament. The New Testament was written essentially during the first century, over a period of about fifty years. Uh, the New Testament were just the Hebrew Scriptures uh, were placed down for us over a period of about fifteen hundred years, fourteen hundred years, and they of of history, and they follow a very specific history story of a people. Uh, it's a it's a, it's kind of a divine narrative. Of the Bible, and so tonight I want to kind of tell you what it's about, so that if you're new to the Bible, you you can catch these the bigger understanding, and then we'll dive into the Book of Isaiah. Hopefully, with more understand you'll with more understanding, you'll understand its place in the whole context of the Bible. So, Stacy, Lorraine, mm-hmm. you give me your uh, uh, answer to this. I think you know this. Uh, the Bible. Uh, we're going to talk about the first, um, the first part of the Bible. There are thirty-nine books in the what we call the Old Testament, twenty-seven in the New Testament. In the thirty-nine books of the Old Testament, starting with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second King, First and Chronicles. Okay, I could just quote them all the way through the Old Testament. Tell tell me uh, what what are the major Types of literature. She's getting all nervous. <laughs> I'm Googling. <laughs> no, got, I'm, yes, doing. I'm I just know kidding. You <laughs> can tell. What are the different kinds of literature broadly across the Bible?
1: Sure. Okay. Well, so the law. Okay. Uh, and the then books th- of the law. The judges. Uh, uh, poetry.
0: Poetry is History. another one.
1: Prophets.
0: Prophets is another. Uh-huh. You said it? Judges, but that's not actually a general.
1: Right. Okay. The
0: book of Judges in the Bible is actually a book of. What was that? <laughs> the book, the actual book of Judges in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It is, what type of literature is it?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, so history.
0: A history book. Okay, there you go. So you've got a book of the law. The book of law that is called the Torah, the the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. the. Pentateuch is a Hebrew word for five books, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the books of Moses. He wrote these, uh, it is believed, about 1,400 years as they were in the wilderness, wanderings. uh, uh, The people of Israel wandered in the wilderness uh, after they came out of Egypt. It's during that period that that Moses is thought to have written the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And essentially, that has to do with, with... General revelation, the, the the God God of the Bible, it introduces us to the essential understanding of who is God. It, it introduces us to the understanding of uh, why God created the world, and in particular, specifically, the human race, and what is the purpose for God creating the human race, and what is the the. How is it that God is going to call out a people for Himself? How are we going
1: to relate to Him? Yeah,
0: I will be their God; they will be my people. And so, how do how are human beings going to come into a relationship with the Creator? The
1: character of people and how we're going to relate with how we're going
0: to be reconciled and called through. Essentially, uh, at the very beginning, it lays it out. It's going to be through substitutionary atonement. Big, big theological word, but it means that. That God is going to send, uh, there is there is a problem of sin, selfishness. In other words, some don't want God, don't want God, don't Are want. Are you saying that this was introduced
1: in the law? So, substitutionary atonement was an idea that was put into place in the Pentateuch. Yes. With sacrifices. Genesis so, chapter the 3. the idea of substitutionary yeah, very atonement, atonement yeah. is, is, okay.
0: Yes. Even with Adam and Eve in the right. garden. What was the first thing after Adam and Eve yeah. sinned against God? They
1: had to go kill animals. To an
0: animal them. had yeah. to die. Yeah. They had to be they covered with the skins of an animal. Okay. And, they had to see, and so we see, and even when it came to uh, their children, Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel were told mm-hmm. how to rightly approach God. Through substitutionary, okay. a, 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 an animal, Abel brought a, 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 a lamb that yeah. died. Cain did not bring an acceptable sacrifice because it, it didn't have the idea of the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of mm-hmm. sin. In other words, okay. sin and death went together. So we had these basic elements put together in the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We answer all those fundamental questions. Who is God? Why did God create humanity? Uh, uh, the, the principles of God's love, the principle of, God, of sin, the principle of redemption through a redeemer, a Messiah, is put into play. There's, who is the substitute? Uh, why do all those lambs and goats were sacrificed? They're pictures of this one who is to come, who is to. Purchase the redemption of humanity. So we you see all of that lay all of that laid out in the first five books of, of the Bible, and then you get into books of history. We're going to follow now this group of people: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And remember the ten sons of, of, of the twelve tribes of Israel, the ten sons of of, of uh, Jacob down in Egypt. They're called out of e- Egypt, out of uh, bondage and slavery in Egypt. And they, God begins to direct them and instruct them as as in how to live for Him, how to treat each other, how to live here on planet Earth, and with the idea how to prepare for eternity. So we see it begun there in the Genesis, Exodus, the first five books of the Bible, and then you get into books of history. So we're going to start following this people, uh, people of God, people who worship the true and living God. We're going to follow their... their their history, their experiences, ups and downs. And uh, essentially, when you think of Israel, yes, it is a people group. Yes, it becomes an actual socio-political group, uh, an actual nation. Mm-hmm. But in the broadest sense, Israel is the people of God, mm-hmm. those who love God, respond to God, uh, and follow him. Mm-hmm. Even in the Old Testament, it's that broad so meaning is Ruth, there.
1: Ruth would have been an Israelite in yes, that sense. Yes, in that sense. Rahab. That's
0: why Rahab, uh, the harlot that lived in um, um, Jericho, Jericho. Uh, when the people of Israel came to, uh, under Joshua's leading, okay. they came into the promised land. There was this, we told, we heard this story about this, this um, either innkeeper or harlot, we're not quite sure, but she didn't know about God. She was she was part of the nation, the people of Jericho, but she embraced the true and living God, mm-hmm. and she became part of Israel right. uh, in that sense, in that broadest sense. So okay. we see uh, all through the Hebrew Scripture. Actually, the broadest sense of word is 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 that the people of God, and it's not a national group, it's not a political group, it's not even a linguistic group. There were people who didn't speak Hebrew who came to trust the. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the prophets or through their experiences and, and that was God's plan. Uh, so if, if you want to see, see that really drawn out, look at Romans 1 and 2. We may talk about it a little bit tonight, but Romans 1 and 2 Paul goes back, chapters 1 and 2, and he reviews the biggest God of, of creation calling out from all people groups all over the world uh, and, and a people for himself. And you mm-hmm. told me one time that one of the things you really liked a lot about uh understanding about the Bible is not only the biblical narrative of Abraham you know coming out of you know, Abraham Isaac and Jacob and coming Mo- Moses bringing them out of the out of the land of uh, Egypt and and so on we have this this narrative of following the people of God but you said you like to hear what is God doing even while we're studying about Jacob or about Joseph or about the kings of Israel. What is God doing yes. about the Mongolians? What is God doing about the people in India, China, and other parts the of the world that aren't covered <laughs> yes. here? And and uh, and that's I'm trying to give an understanding that that's this takes place in that context. There are people from all those different nations and around. And yeah. we meet them. We meet many of them, and in
1: during in the history, in the period of the history, is that what yeah, you yeah. So taking it back to yeah. what period? So well, the history yeah. would be we even, were getting the context. We were getting in, in,
0: even in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You, it, there, in particular, you meet you meet the whole human race, and then you see the whole human race divided into language groups, and you know, mm-hmm. so the, you see the big picture there as they spread out over the world, over the planet. But now, and then in in Genesis chapter 11, or 12, he narrows it down, chapter 12, he begins to follow Abraham, and then Abraham's son Isaac, and then Jacob, and Jacob has his ten sons, Joseph, Egypt, and all that, and so they move forward. So you have the book of the law, Moses, then you have the to go into the books of history, mm-hmm. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Chronicles, Kings, and we follow the, the history, the development of this people. As they continue to pass from generation to generation, the knowledge of the true and living God, and sometimes they successfully follow Him as a as a large group. Sometimes they don't; they fail, uh, and and never a hundred percent. But we follow their experience, and we can learn a lot from the, following the experience of these people uh, about how about God and about God, how what it means to follow God, and and so on. So we have the the history. And that's in Samuel, Judges, Ruth, Chronicles, Kings, and so on. Now, oh yeah, and we read Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Then you come to a section called poetry. Yeah. And poetry uh, are during these times uh, of Israel, there are some people, David, there's Solomon, um, uh, who, who e- either they wrote poetry or... Or they compiled, they gathered works of poetry and wise sayings and so on, um, and they, they compiled them into re- that kind of give us the, the, the emotional experience of what it means to be a man or woman of God, a human being who longs after and seeks to follow after God. Mm-hmm. It talks about the discouragement, the difficulty, it talks about the joys and the delight and the freedom in, in knowing God and walking with God. So uh, you have these poetry sections, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, even the book of Job, the oldest book, uh, is considered to some extent uh, poetry. Yeah.
1: And is that to say that, it's not to say that Isaiah doesn't contain poetry or that mm-hmm. other, yeah, Isaiah it, does in fact, and yes. there's a Section right. is a And point, that some uh, the Psalms yeah. and song wouldn't contain prophet. But you're saying a, yeah. overall how they've sectioned yeah. biblical For scripture. example, the
0: Psalms we read this Sorry. past week were Psalm 105 and 106. Very interestingly, this, that's why this particular uh, program we're, gives us occasion to talk about this. Very interestingly, Psalms 105 and 106, uh, several... Pa- of the historical patriarchs of Israel, the founding fathers of the nation are mentioned in Psalm 105. Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Aaron are all mentioned in Psalm 105. Uh, And in Psalm 105, it talks about the uh, experience of when God called the people of Israel out of Egypt. And it talks about um, uh, the judgments that God sent on Egypt the, the plagues, the ten mm-hmm. plagues, he talk, the darkness, the water turning the water to blood, frogs, flies, gnats, hail. See, uh, so you have some history in even the book of poetry. Yeah. So it reminds you a little bit, but it, but it talks a little bit about what that was like and what that means to those who love God. Mm-hmm. So Psalm one hundred five, one hundred and six, uh, the the psalms that we read this week, the poetry sections that we read include a whole lot of history. They go back over and review some of the history, that things that we read about in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, and it, it, but it talks about them in a in a poetic sense of what it means to be there in the midst of that experience, mm-hmm. what it meant uh, to follow. You know, God provided quail for them; He provided manna. All of these things are spoken of in Psalms one hundred five, one hundred six. So it doesn't mean that any. In other words, yeah, the,
1: it's not confined to that one genre, yeah. but overwhelmingly, that's what it is.
0: So now we've talked about we've talked about the books of law, G- Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, uh, and then we talk about the uh, books of of uh, history, mm-hmm. which tell about following the history of these people, uh, and that comes down to really the key dates uh, are. are It starts basically with Samuel, moves into the first king of Israel, somewhere around 1050 uh, 1050 B.C., the king Saul. And then 1010, you come to King David. And then to 970, you come to uh, Solomon. And then to 40 – the reason I can remember those is if if you remember, these are 40-year periods. Saul reigned for 40 years from 1050 to 1010. David then reigned from 1010 to 970, uh, and then for, uh, Solomon from 970 to 930. Then the, then after Solomon, the kingdom divided, Jeroboam in the north, the ten tribes of uh, of Israel in the north, and Rehoboam, the son of, of Solomon down in the south, in, in Judah and Benjamin. So the kingdom divided, and we keep following the kings now of these two different uh, of these two nations, the kings of Israel united, and then when they divided, we follow. That's why it's called First and Second Kings. We follow these kings through. Now, Chronicles is a special history. It's again a, a chronicle of the kings, the history, particularly of the of the of the tribes in the south, uh, the kingdom of the south, Judah and Benjamin. Uh, uh, it follows their kings. Now, so you have this history, and what was the main
1: reason for the split? For
0: the two kingdoms, uh, taxes. Believe it or a, not, it was I do taxation. It. <laughs> yeah, uh, and there's more to it than okay. that. The kings of in the north the, uh, and the the tribes in the north abandoned God, abandoned the temple, abandoned okay. the priesthood that God had instigated mm-hmm. uh, and, and installed. Uh, they walked away from God. Uh, but essentially, when it came down to it, they walked away from Rehoboam Solomon's son yeah. because he would not lower their taxes, okay. which says a lot for the election this this fall. Everybody, <laughs> never mind, we won't get political on you. But there, there this is very well. practical. These things, so we have. Uh, that's the reason it divided basically. Uh, and and you read about it if you read uh, the, the books of the kings. You go into the. It'll tell you and. In, in, why they divided, um, and, and and so on. First and second Samuel will tell you why they they d- abandoned um, Solomon. It is now, interesting. You don't We're, we're nec- getting close to our our yeah. first segment. It is
1: interesting. You don't necessarily. Ten- I mean, I, I like that. Such a practical thing. You don't think of the Bible as having something. Such mm. as taxes, as mundane as you know taxes, it is dividing the kingdoms, so and it uh, it is interesting. There's a it's whole lot of
0: mundane. <laughs>
1: yeah, which is really
0: it's I'm, it's human. It, it it's human mm. beings. That's why the Bible can be so practical, my friends. If you're out there listening, uh, if you get a little bit under the surface, you learn a little bit about what's going on mm. and what's happening. It is a nation. Then mm. you get it it adds to what you can glean from your bible mm-hmm. about what god is doing what he, how god deals with his people you get to know god and his ways and you get you can look at the the small picture of what god does with an individual person with a marriage with a family or you can look at the big picture of seeing how god is how everyone every page relates to the whole human race that god is using his redemptive narrative and using the people of Israel there to bring about his redemptive plan to the whole world. The objective of the of the, God's plan is the whole world. Every human being that's ever been born, it's on planet Earth today, all seven billion plus of us, God is calling out every human being for to himself. He desires each one to know him and to experience him, and we are created to live, be with him. live, Know him here yeah. on earth and be with him it forever. It reminds
1: me again, this is God's word and he gives it to us because he loves us and he wants you to know him. <laughs> there you go. And, <laughs> and that's,
0: that's the big picture. Now, when we come back from our break, we're going to pick up now uh, with... Uh, we've talked about the law, the books of law, the books of Moses. We've talked about the uh, poetry. We've talked about the history narrative. Now, what are the books of the prophets? This is the last section of the Old Testament. You start talking about the prophets. And so we wanted, to, I'll introduce you then to Isaiah, Jeremiah. Um, we'll just keep going on back. In the coming weeks, we're going to be reading through the prophets of God. The major prophets, I'll tell you the difference between a major prophet and a minor prophet. And we'll uh, get that big picture. Then we'll home in on the book of Isaiah tonight and go into a little more depth. It's an amazing individual, this man Isaiah. And uh, we'll get to all of that tonight. So stay with us, would you? We'll we'll keep studying and learning more about the Bible and the big picture. And then we'll come down to what is Isaiah? What, What did his 60 years 6-0, 6-0, Six 60 years of ministry. What did, what did he talk about and what did he accomplish? What, what, what would you expect if you read the book of Isaiah? If you want to give us a call, phone number 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. Don't go away. Stacy and I will be right back with more from the Dot the Bible Live. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. This is more from the Bible Live. Stacy and I are here ready to continue our conversation. I hope that you might join with us. Our phone number here, if you'd like to call in and ask a question, any question you would like about the Bible, about the God of the Bible, about the redemptive plan of God, what it means to know God, walk with God. We're here to help you understand this book. And it's an amazing, life-changing message uh, for individuals, for families, for couples, for nations, in fact. Uh, this book uh, is indeed a, a, an incredible gift that the true and living God, the creator of the universe and sustainer of everything that exists, he has moved in such a way as to reveal himself and, and to leave a record a written record of, of the of the experiences that men and women have in history, in time and space, with God, what they learn from God. And th- that's what makes this book uh, the Word of God. God has left a living testimony of his dealings with humanity. And uh, we've been explaining a little bit about it. My hope and desire is that many of you, who particularly who may have very little experience with the Bible? Uh, maybe you've not gone to church very much in all your life. Maybe you've never really had a Bible, read a Bible, never been exposed. You've all, maybe you've kind of always wondered. I wonder what that Bible is all about, you know. And uh, you may your your attitude may be one of openness and curiosity, or just curiosity. And you know, uh, maybe you've had a bad experience with religion or with um, you know some person who called themselves a Christian in the past, and uh, you had a bad experience, and maybe you just rejected the whole thing, well I'm going to encourage you, don't throw as they say, the baby with the bathwater uh, I want you to know about this book, so that when you open it up and read uh, from a given book of the Bible, you might have a little bit of an understanding of what you're reading, because I've just known too many Stacy, my daughter Stacy, is here with me, and uh, we both have worked with we Stacy. grown up in around uh, the gospel, around the, the preaching of God's word, and she's been involved with us uh, in out at Lackland Air Force Base with the basic trainees. Uh, she stood in front of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young men and women, and, and so many of them, right, have never heard the Bible. They don't know about the Bible, and they may have, and they they think, "Well, I tried to read the Bible one time, but." Wow, I just couldn't understand it, you know, and that's what I'm trying tonight to. If, there, if you're listening, I want to give, I want I want you to get a little bit of a picture, particularly the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. The New is a little easier uh, in, in, to explain. The story is a little bit more relatable to us. It's not so long, uh, 1,500 years of history and uh, many different nations and people groups and different kinds of literature and so on. And so that's why we're taking the time tonight as we introduce the book of Isaiah. We're moving now into our readings uh, Monday through Friday. If you go to thebiblelive.com, you'll be able to uh, hear the entire Bible every year or if you want to double up on some of the readings at the podcast there uh, you can go you can double up and go through the entire bible in a month if you want to if you know you just listen the entire bible is there a flawless perfect reading from a a good clear modern english version of the bible the new living translation and i I read it for you and i tell you one thing they taught me how to do really well in elementary school where they taught me how to read (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my greatest claim to fame, Stace. I know how to read, and I've read this Bible, and I, I would love to be memorize. able to read the Bible to you.
1: You know how to read and memorize. Oh, gosh, we, we, I've it. memorized
0: so much of it. I, I, I've studied so much of this so many years, folks, it, but I, I just love to introduce you to this book. You'll, you'll, It's a never-ending source of wisdom, of encouragement, of inspiration, of understanding about who we are, who God is, what life is really all about. Well, give us a call if you'd like. If you have a question about any of that or maybe a specific question about the book of Isaiah or anything you'd like, I'd love to talk with you and hear. Maybe the Bible has meant something to you. Maybe the Bible has touched your life and changed your life, uh, as it has mine and Stacy's and all of us as believers. Maybe you could share just a brief testimony of what the Bible has meant to you and, and uh Encourage some of our listeners who may not, may not know as much or have that much experience with it. Encourage them to, to get into the Bible to, and to glean and to profit, benefit from this great book of books. So you, for any of those reasons uh, or others that you might have, you can give us a call. 210-340-9585. Questions? Solutions, answers, <laughs> whatever you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go then. Now, we, we talked about the big picture. We got down to talking about the kings, uh, the books of, of uh, 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 Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Uh, now, Ruth is a little story, four chapters, a l- little story within the the great history of the kings and the times of the Judges. You had this little Moabite girl uh, who, who marries into... A Jewish family and begins to follow after the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She becomes part of Israel, and we read this precious, sweet little love story about Ruth and uh, and, and uh, her mother-in-law, and uh, how she marries. She Ruth eventually marries Boaz, and she becomes a great, great, great grandmother of of. King David, and later on, even into the uh, into the descendants, the ancestry of Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah himself. So, this isn't about racism. It's not about ethnicity. of It's all about, about people. <laughs> it's about people who want to know God, right. the people of God. And so that's the book of Ruth. So we have those books of history uh, that we talked about, and the books. Uh, 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 then we get into uh, the kings, the great kings of. Israel in, in in the north and Judah in the south, and then into the prophets, and then to the prophets. Now, what? Where do the? How do the prophets fit in? The, the we have the history of Israel, and I just laid out in broad terms, uh, from ten fifty to ten ten to nine seventy to nine thirty. The kingdom divides, uh, and then you have Rehoboam in the south and Jeroboam in the north. And that lasts a little low, about 135 years. And then these are key dates for you to remember, folks. In, in the history of Israel, in 722 B.C., in 722 B.C., the ten tribes in the north are destroyed. Uh, the king of uh, Sennacherib, I think it is, is his, the emperor at the time, comes down from Nineveh uh, in the north of, of Israel and he destroys the capital city at that time is Samaria, the city of Samaria, and he takes the people of Israel, the ten northern tribes, into exile, and they never return. They're called the ten lost tribes. You may have heard some talk about the the ten lost tribes and so on. Well, that's where it comes from. They were taken out and in chains, in bondage, uh, with hooks through their noses. It was the the Assyrians were very very cruel, cruel people. And they took them out, and, and they never returned. So the 10 tribe, and then the, the 10 northern – that area was repopulated eventually with people from other people groups, from the other conquered people that they would displace them and put them there. That was one way the, these emperors, the kings of – of, let's say, Aram, or the or the king of Assyria, or the king of Babylon, or the Medo-Persians that came later, even the Greeks, even later after. Sometimes these great emperors, one of the tactics they used was taking the people, they would take the people out of their nation, particularly, especially the ruling class. Mm. Uh, like whenever they took the people of Israel to Babylon, they took uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They, talked the, they took the princes, the people who have the the ancestry of David, who could possibly be have wield uh, uh, royal power. Uh-huh. They took them out, and, 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 and in fact, is they even made them where they couldn't have children, and took them out to remove. Them. That's the way the emperors would do: take them out, and very rarely would they move them back. To they would allow them to return. Uh, that was a very exceptional thing that God brought about uh, uh, with the people of Israel. He returned them. After 70 years of exile in Babylon, he returned them. But the people in the northern tribes, uh, they were never returned. In fact, they repopulated their land, the northern Israel, with people groups from other conquered peoples. And they became the basis of what we read about in the New Testament, what are called the Samaritan people. Mm-hmm. Um they, in some level, knew something about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the true living God. But they they mixed it in with their pagan worship and the worship of other gods in the north. And so they were – Even Je- remember when Jesus met the um, Samaritan woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, I know that you Jews say this, and we say God is mm-hmm. here. And Jesus said, uh, neither – Neither mm-hmm. in Jerusalem nor on the mountains, they that worship God much worth worship Him in truth and, and in spirit. In spirit. A, a, a very interesting um, meeting that Jesus has in John chapter four and with the, the woman of, of Samaria, men- and,
1: and his the, the first that He told of who He was.
0: Yeah, then He tells her, mm-hmm.
1: and, and she, she says, "I know
0: when the one called the Messiah comes, He will clear all. Of, he'll answer all of these questions for us." And He, and he says, "The one who is speaking <laughs> to you right now." I am He. Oh. It, that, that must have been an amazing moment, huh?
1: That's one of my favorite songs. Oh, it is! It is like
0: it the is woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And interestingly, this woman at the well, who may may well have been a woman of the night, uh, of ill repute, because there she was at midday getting water, and usually the women. From polite society, they go early in the morning or late in the evening in the cool. Mm-hmm. Well, here she is at midday, mm-hmm. and uh, but she goes back to the village, and she tells the men, <laughs> the men, I come meet someone who told me everything I've ever done. You, This must be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And they do. And so Jesus spends some time there, several days, uh, up to a week there in their little village and they have a great re- spiritual revival. Many embrace Jesus and come to know Him as the Messiah and hear His teachings. Uh, it's a wonderful story, but but that's for another time. We'll get mm-hmm. to the Book of Acts uh, and get back to that uh, uh, when when we, I mean the, into the Gospels. I'm sorry, John chapter four, and read about it. But let's go now to the prophets. We we talked about we've talked about the books of the Law, Moses, the Pentateuch, the first five books. We talked then about the books of history. Uh um uh Joshua uh Genesis actually never did wrong. Joshua judges Ruth, first <laughs> and second Samuel, first and second these books of history about the history of the people of God there in the land, sometimes following him, sometimes not, sometimes telling others about the the true and living God, sometimes not being so faithful. Okay, books of history. Then uh, we have the poetry that comes out, expresses during that time wisdom and, and and the feelings, the emotions of what it is to know God and follow God and be with him. And then you have these books of the prophets. Now, here's how they come in. Uh, you started off with the first king of Israel was named Saul, mm-hmm. and then after 40 years, Saul gave way to David. After 40 years, David gave way to his son Solomon, and then after 40 years, the kingdom divides. His son, Rehoboam, stays with the two tribes in the mm-hmm. south, and the tribes in the north go up to be in the tribes in the north. Uh and then uh, that is at about uh, what? What did I say? That was nine thirty some of the BC. Mm-hmm. In seven twenty two BC, then the tri- the kingdom in the north is destroyed by uh, by Nineveh, the king of of uh, Assyria in the north. It's destroyed. They're taken away into exile. And then in five eighty six BC, uh, just under two hundred years later, then. Um, Seven twenty two five. Well, you figure out the math yourself. Is there, I get mixed up sometimes. BC, yeah, changing yeah. the, the right. numbers go backwards. Okay. So five eighty six BC. That's when uh, Babylon comes over. Nebuchadnezzar comes over and destroys Jerusalem, uh, and they are taken into their the two tribes in the south. Judah and Benjamin are uh, are called Judah. They are taken into exile. That's D- Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the whole. The beginning of a whole time of exile, seventy years, and then they come back. Now, how do the prophets fit into this? What the prophets are—Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, and so on—they are men that God used in the given moment of their history, in their time when they were alive. They spoke for God. Now, there were many prophets. There were, and prophets essentially—the word prophet means a preacher. Uh, the word prophet is a word. It means that they totaled forth. They told forth the oracles of God. They spoke for God. They they knew the scriptures. They knew the Torah. They knew the Pentateuch. They they knew the, the, uh, the, the they they knew God's word up to them. They studied it. They meditated on it, uh, and they knew the history. And so they spoke for God into uh, into the, the times in which they were living. Uh, for example, Isaiah uh, had a long, long ministry. He uh, he came into ministry, we talked about it last week, Isaiah chapter 6, he came into ministry around 686 B.C., uh, I'm sorry, 740 B.C. to 686 B.C. In other words, uh, remember we're counting backwards because it's B.C., B.C. Uh, his his actual ministry extended uh, well over sixty years, almost seventy, a little even more than seventy years. He spoke. He uh, spoke during the reign of five different kings over Israel and, and uh, in, in and uh, Judah. He had a long, long ministry. That's why he is called a major prophet. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, uh, the difference between major prophets and minor prophets, the minor prophets had shorter ministries, and their their works, their, their sermons that they preached, the messages they delivered uh, are shorter and briefer. Uh, Isaiah goes through 66 chapters uh, of different sermons, and what it is is the sermons, the messages that Isaiah delivered during those 60 years of his ministry. In chapter 6 it tells about his calling, how God called him. Now there were other prophets. There were other prophets that we don't read about in our Bible. They didn't make the book. <laughs> they didn't make the cut, but they still spoke for God. They preached for God. But these are prophets that their a record was kept of their messages and it was considered even by the Jewish Readers, they made part of the scriptures because they, their their message was uh, true and consistent with all that we knew of God, and their message was uh, was validated because they told future events, and they came true, uh, they predictions. So that's another meaning for the word prophet not not only foretelling, f o r t h, but also foretelling telling what is going to happen in the future. So Isaiah spoke during the reigns of uh, the kings during those years from 740 B.C. to 686. He was there preaching, teaching. Some of them liked him. Some of them did not like him. In fact, is he was ultimately killed by King um, Manasseh. Uh, he is the one spoken of in the book of Hebrews that was put into a log, and the log was sawed in half. So he was dismembered, sawed in half in the log. Uh, um, that's who is, it is thought to be referencing in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament was Isaiah. He served faithfully. He delivered the message of God courageously. Uh, if they wanted to hear it or if they didn't want to hear it, uh, if they listened or if they didn't listen, remember what we read last week in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah. Uh, God told him, you know, you're going to preach to all these people. Look at chapter six again. He said, "Here am I, God. Here am I, Lord. Send me." And and says, uh, and God tells him that you're going to preach, and they're not going to listen. They're not gonna. They're not going to pay any attention to you. Uh, he said, "Listen carefully." God says to him, uh, "Go and say to this people." Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. And and then Isaiah said, man, Lord, how long will I have to go on preaching like that? They're not going to listen. And he says, until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland. You know, I'm, remember, God had already told them that one of the ways he deli- he's going to deal with them as his people is he is going to, uh, at times, if they are disobedient and they don't listen, I'm going to remove you from the promised land. I'm going to take you out. And and he's already told them that and predicted it. And so now he said, I'm going to remove you till the uh, uh, take you away from the land. So Isaiah is here speaking into that into his time in history, his slice, telling them, calling them to repent, to turn to God, to worship God, to be true to God's calling on them as a people, and and then telling them and warning them that if they don't, and, and telling them, ultimately, you are going to be judged, you're under God's judgment, you're going to be removed, you're going to be taken out of Israel into exile. And so Isaiah delivers that message, and after him comes Jeremiah, and Jeremiah follows after the time of Isaiah. And Jeremiah actually sees the time when Nebuchadnezzar comes on to destroys Jerusalem, and uh, hundreds of thousands of Jews are slaughtered and taken out of the land. So that's where Isaiah is. He's preaching to people in those groups. Now, his early sermons, uh, his early sermons, and we we pick up at chapter fifteen. It's a message that Isaiah is presenting to Moab. Do you remember who Moab is, Stace? The, you know, we talk about Moab here is a nation, the Moabites, the Moabites sure. and and there was a, a, another group uh, called the Ammonites. Mm-hmm. Moab, and, and this is why, folks. When you read the Bible, you the, you you know the ankle bone's connected to the shin bone, mm-hmm. the shin mm-hmm. bone connected mm-hmm. to the knee bone, mm-hmm. and the knee bone connected to the thigh bone. You oh, know, yeah. you got to connect the dots. There's so but many. Yeah, here we see. Uh, there were two sons. Remember back in the story of Genesis when when Abraham has his nephew Lot, and Lot is destroyed. Uh, Lot goes to live in the towns of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed by uh, uh, fire uh, from the sky. You know God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, but He saves Lot and his wife and his three daughters, his two daughters, out of Sodom and Gomorrah. They escape. Now, his wife is turned into a pillar of salt for her disobedience and loss of faith. But Lot, then, his daughters, uh, they survive, but they're out there by themselves. And his daughters decide that instead of going without children, without inheritance, they decide to have children by their father. So it's an ugly picture. It's what we call incest early in the Bible here. But they have children. One of their children is named Moab, mm-hmm. and the other son is named Ammon. And they become, when they grow and they, they marry and they have children, they become the Moabites uh, and the, the and the yeah. uh, Ammonites. Yeah. Now the Edomites, they are the Edomites. Come, they are the children of uh, Joshua um, Jacob's twin brother, Esau. Yeah, the Edomites. So Esau. So you see the. Uh, Uh, You're going to see some messages here where Isaiah preaches not only to the people of Israel. Chapter 8 of Isaiah, he tells them about the coming Assyrian invasion, and it calls them to trust in God and hope in the Messiah. And so Isaiah is warning the people of Israel of what's coming for them, but also he preaches to the people around uh, Israel. Remember, Israel is a very interesting little piece of real estate, it's surrounded by all the great empires of that entire era uh, uh, Moab and, and, and Edom in the south. There's Egypt in the south. There's Aram with its capital, Damas- Damascus, was up in the northwest. Then you have Assyria, straight north of, due north of Israel, called uh, where Lebanon is basically okay. now. Uh, remember the, the bomb that went off yeah. this week in Lebanon? That's, yeah. that's biblical times up there in Lebanon. Um, that's Assyria. and You have Nineveh. And then further to the east is Babylon. And so Isaiah here in chapter 12, he delivers a message to Babylon. Um, he, he starts off talking to Judah and Israel. And then he has a taunt. Chapter 14, Israel taunts uh, the king of Babylon. Which is very interesting. I don't have time to go too much in the detail of that. But um, I, I did want to mention to you that, well, look, look at this. Remember we read the book of Chronicles, the last book of the history that we read? Oh, my goodness. The time flowed by, Stacy. In the book of the Chronicles, if you read the last chapter, he has a meeting with... A, a king of the future empire of Babylon the and the king invites the him in to see our treasures are and see the, and, in the and, and the prophet desire. says what are you doing are they're going to be the ones to come down in concrete <laughs> but anyway when we come back I'm going we'll start off with Isaiah chapter 14 blood, night, I, I'm going to tell you so where we get the idea of Satan of that land. Satan came from was a was one of the great angels of God. Archangels, and I'll tell you where it comes from Isaiah chapter 14. So don't go away. We'll come back and finish our remarks on the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Again, though, if you'd like to give us a call, it's 210 340 9585. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. Talking about the book of life. When my life gets too confusing, well, I stop and take a second look. Now take another look in the book of life. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. My heart grows downright faithless. I slip into the quicksand of my sin. That's when the Word of God can cleanse my sinner's heart. It frees me from them old desires that pop up now and then. I... Keep my thumb between the pages and my heart. All right. Stacy, you remember that song, don't I you? love that song, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl. She grew up hearing her daddy <laughs> sing that song. Uh, there we go. The Book of Life. And that's what we're studying here on the Bible Live Broadcast. Trying to give you a good sense now as we enter into reading from, this section in the Hebrew Scriptures called the Prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and following on thereafter... What are they? Amos, Obadiah, Hosea, all of those. Uh, what we call the minor prophets—Ezekiel, Daniel, and so on. These prophets—they are men and women. Men, all men in this case, I guess, who preached, who the message of God, who remind. He, they sometimes had to wave their bony finger in the face of the king and tell him, "You're wrong. You're sinning. God's going to judge you." And they sometimes paid the price for it because, as I said, Isaiah here was was um, killed by one of the unfaithful, wicked kings of of uh, Israel. His name was Manasseh, uh, and they sometimes paid the price for their courage. Jeremiah himself was tortured; he was by the king. He was put down into a cistern at one time in his life. Uh, they had to deliver God's message. To people, In fact, Isaiah's case, knowing they're not going to listen to you, Isaiah. They're not going to listen. You're going to have to – they're going to reject your message. It's going to be a hard road, but you've got to be faithful. And that was the amazing thing about the prophets of God. They they were faithful. They were courageous, and they preached God's word. And so we can learn so much from them because we can profit from the – how would you think we can profit from the prophets? (laughs) How can we learn from them?
1: From the prophets themselves, or mm-hmm. from the prophets' writings?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Or> both. <laughs> oh, from both. Yeah, from their life and from their messages, what they preached.
1: Well, sure. I guess. Uh, well, I mean, Isaiah is one of my favorite. I guess the. Um, I guess the the faithfulness, really, the consistency. I'm not particularly a consistent person or mm-hmm. personality. And it, and maybe when you can step back and look at their life as a whole, I do. They, they look as if they're faithful, you know, consistent. So I, I imagine oh, yeah. Jeremiah didn't always feel consistent, but um, you know, low lows high yeah, high. yeah. But I I think uh, I think what's encouraging to me is their kind of one track mind though. they had one yeah. one track and um, and I think that's very sweet and courageous mm-hmm.
0: sixty. Years mm-hmm. of his life, yeah. preaching, being rejected, being ignored. Some, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there were sometimes yeah. individuals who yeah. loved God that he met, and he would be encouraged right. by their life.
1: And I think being able to do it for six, you know, it, it, sometimes we think of prophet or or preaching even as complicated, and it can be. I mean, it, it, it maybe similar to the Bible mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. complicated, but um, that is really pretty simple. It's just God's word (laughs) yeah
0: god's word and and again they they heard they had the scriptures they had the torah they had the uh, other writings uh, the history the the some of the history of israel and the kings. so they had that they read it they knew about god and they and they they loved god and prayed to god and you know truthfully we have some tremendous men and women of god in our time Mm-hmm. Right now, in mm-hmm. our city of San Antonio, mm-hmm. I hope, folks, that you understand our city is blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are probably about close to a thousand five hundred churches mm-hmm. and parachurch ministries in San Antonio, mm-hmm. somewhere more or less above or below that. Uh, there are a good probably five to seven hundred eight hundred many of those are good healthy. godly yeah. healthy faithful. congregations mm-hmm. faithful and their preacher is dedicated mm-hmm. i listened to some of your preacher this morning and uh, your on yes. your on your podcast Junior what a godly man what yes. a humble but God, you could tell he spent time in god's word preparing that message for mm-hmm. his people he loves his people and, and that is, And that's a smaller congregation in reality, mm-hmm. not, not huge, church plant. Mm-hmm. but we have some great mega churches. Um, we have some mid-sized. We have uh, smaller churches just beginning and firing up and getting started, but we have some very godly pastors and preachers in our city and across our nation. Uh, and, and they're responding. They're reacting to the COVID virus. They're responding, reacting to uh, all of the different public issues that we are faced with in our country. Uh, and you could, I could go down yeah. them and talk to them about, you yeah. know, this and one and that one and the problem, this and taxation yeah. and it yeah. all, politics yeah. okay. and corruption. But through it all. God's men, God's women are there preaching, they're praying, they're guiding and leading the people of God and encouraging us to stand up, be the salt, be the light of God in the times in which we're living. Well, that's what these prophets had to do. Only they had to do it in their time and in their era. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to mention to you where we get the idea in the Bible that Satan is a fallen archangel, and that uh, that comes from Isaiah chapter fourteen, and you can also look at Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. These are the two prophets that speak in specifically of of Satan, of this fallen angel. Uh, chapter fourteen. Now they start off. Both of them start off as in chapter fourteen of Isaiah. Isaiah's talking to the Babylon, the king of Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and he's telling. You know, you, your pride, your arrogance, you know, you're going to be, uh, uh, and God tells him, you will taunt the king of Babylon. You will say, the mighty man has been destroyed. Your, yes, your insolence is ended. For the the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally, the earth is at rest and quiet. And, and so he announces judgment On this earthly king, this earthly emperor, Uh, Isaiah warns them about their sin and their wickedness and that God's judgment is coming. But as you look through the passage at chapter, at verse 12, the whole tone of the message is changed. And he begins to talk not to an earthly king, but to a spiritual being behind, a spiritual power behind a uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. You said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the heavens of the God." So he goes there and he begins to address this spiritual power and being uh, who was cast from God's presence. And, and that's where we gather the idea that uh, Satan... Uh, the ultimate spiritual power behind the wicked power of this earthly uh, emperor, that he is Satan. And the same thing you get from the book of Ezekiel. uh, Chapter 28, Ezekiel is addressing the king of Tyre in Sidon, which, which is up in the northwest, just northwest of Israel. And he starts out addressing that earthly king, but soon his message changes to the spiritual power emperor, uh, tyrant, tyrant behind that king, and you see the same message. You were once beautiful. You were attendant to God Himself, and you, you, know, you were you were cast from God's presence. So that's where we get the idea. Of course, Jesus Himself uh, affirms that view when He talks about in the New Testament. He at one point says that they ask Him about Satan. He says, "I was there. I saw Satan when He was cast from God's presence uh, as as the Son of God." Um, so Jesus, uh, either how he, either by faith, having known knows God's word, and so he knows the that Satan, who Satan is, that he was cast from God's presence, or by his own obedience, faith, obedience and submission to God, or God revealing it to him clearly as a man, uh, Satan. Jesus knew that in fact that's where Satan came from. He was cast from God's presence. So Jesus even himself confirms that idea that. That Satan was indeed cast from God's presence, an archangel. Now, uh, let's go to one of the main points oh, okay. of
1: it's the in, Book of Isaiah. Go ahead. Well, I just had a quick question. So, is it, is it true? So, Satan or Satan is that a does that mean accuser? Satan. Does Say that, that again, m- please. Mean accuser, Satan, accuser. Oh,
0: Satan! Oh, you may have me there right off the top of my head, Satan. Uh, our, our, our Google Meister over here will Google <laughs> Satan and find, I, I think, think you're right, hand, uh, accuser or deceiver, I um, think. Which I just But John can help us. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head this terrible thing. Uh, no, 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 it's all right, though. We'll learn. We're all here learning. Okay, so we got through uh, Isaiah 14:15, and Isaiah is delivering messages to not only uh, Israel in the north, until 722 B.C. when Israel is destroyed and taken into exile by the um, Assyrians in the north, and then Nineveh. So Isaiah warns them, and then he warns Egypt, he preaches to the people of Ethiopia, all the people around, all those nation and people groups around Israel, they knew about God. They knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had... And at times in all of their histories, there were times when they followed God. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, Sheba, the queen of Sheba was from Ethiopia, uh, who came up and visited uh, Solomon and seemed to be receptive to God, mm-hmm. Solomon's witness about the true and living God. So uh, so all of these people groups around them uh, knew about God. Uh, they, At times, there were times when they seemed to obey and follow God, most of the time, they were enemies of God and God's people, and they they rejected it and and, um, and tried to pile up on Israel and God's people. So the prophet here talks to them. A, mef, a message about Babylon, a message about Egypt and Ethiopia, a, method of, a message about Edom. Remember the descendants of Esau, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then a, a message about Arabia. Uh, all these people groups. So the prophet here pretty amazing you you might you might think of him as uh, the first Billy Graham he was he was international Uh, he a message about Tyre I told you about the great city state of Tyre and Sidon up on the banks of the Mediterranean Uh, the, the destruction of the earth all of these messages are warnings about destruction about judgment and Praising God for judgment and salvation, and
1: would He have been uh, sharing this and telling this in to the leadership of the time, to uh, the people? uh, Where what would have okay? Uh, And sometimes it would give us the
0: setting where He delivered the message. uh, In Daniel, in particular, or or Ezekiel at times, they would say uh, where He was. Sometimes they would say He was in. In front of the temple, he, he presented this message. Other times, it's on the banks of some river, he presented this message. Uh, Isaiah, we don't always know. It doesn't tell us the setting in which he delivers the message in each case. But we have his messages. His, and, and Isaiah chapters 1 through 39, generally speaking, are messages of warning, messages of judgment. Mm-hmm. Saying that God is going to move, God has already begun to judge you, you are going to be destroyed, uh and calling on them to repent mm-hmm. now, when he talks to a people group, he's quite obviously talking to he may be addressing the king or the king's palace his his the royal pal- his entourage, as you might, or he might be in a public setting. And these were written down, by the way. We know that because, for example, Jeremiah's messages are written down. The king, one king, actually tears his messages up. Jeremiah reading his message to him, and after he finished the page, the king would tear it up. Uh, And and Jeremiah's assistant then rewrote them and delivered Mm -hmm. them again. But their messages were written down and delivered to the king or to the people, and sometimes in a given setting there could be people who would believe i'm sure that isaiah in his many years of public ministry there were people that he met people on the streets people in his audiences that that loved god and and even supported his ministry they would they would give an offering to help support the prophet the prophets mm-hmm. uh, were supported in that way mm-hmm. and so so it's much like today, They, you know, a preacher gets up to preach and, and a congregation gathers of believers who, who work with him it's, and they help support their, their spiritual leaders and uh, the church facilities and so on. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like today that okay. takes place. So they took encouragement from people they met, experiences they had, uh, but in general, at large, the message was broadly rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might say that for America today uh God's people, God's men and women are standing and preaching. Uh Billy Graham has passed on now into eternity. His son Franklin is being true to try to preach God's word and warn God's people and warn the nation to turn back to God. Uh others do the same thing. Uh, Tim Keller. Tim Keller, <laughs> you name off your favorite, favorite John MacArthur. <laughs> we there we are blessed nationally as well with with some gifted uh, Robbie Zachariah, who has now gone on to be with yeah. the Lord, uh, Packer, J.I. Packer, mm-hmm. others, a whole generation of spiritual leaders that have ministered and been faithful are now passing on to eternity. Now, your generation is rising up, mm-hmm. stacy a new generation of young leaders, and and, and let's see who it's going to be, but they are warning uh, the nation, they are calling on God's people to pray, to seek God's face. and. So on. And that's what the prophets did. Isaiah uh, warning rebellious Judah before Judah was destroyed in 722. Now, these dates are really important if you want to kind of get a sense of the biblical narrative. You want to remember some of those key dates of of when, you know, 1050 BC is Saul, 1010, um, David, 970, Solomon, 930, the the kingdom divided. Seven twenty-two, Samaria destroyed in the north. Five eighty-six, Israel, a Jew, a Jerusalem destroyed in the south by Babylon. And so, if you keep some of those key dates in there, then you can plug in uh, through the time of the of the kings. You can plug in these prophets as we move through them. Isaiah, Jeremiah. Uh, now, Isaiah and Jeremiah, in particular, they ministered during the final. Kings of of um, of Israel, of uh, um, Judah and Israel. Uh, Jeremiah himself was present when Jerusalem was destroyed. They escaped Jerusalem. He was taken down to, into uh, Egypt, actually. But uh, so I, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel now is over in Babylon when Jerusalem is destroyed. He's part of the remnant over there. So if. Kind of get the settings. If you want to understand the prophets, it's good to know the period of time in which they lived and ministered. You want to know what's kind of going on in the big picture, that they're prepared, being prepared for judgment, that God is going to move through um, ba- Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, uh, well, through Assyria and Nineveh first with Israel, and through Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, and then he's going to move through Cyrus the Great, Mm-hmm. Later on, Jeremiah says Cyrus the Great is going to bring let you return from from the from the, uh, from the exile. So, so, when
1: you say judgment, um, mm-hmm. is it pretty much always a physical judgment, a bearing down on the on the people, a physical? Um, and, then, yes. and then, when he moves into the in Isaiah into the second half, which is more a message of hope and of Messiah and of yeah. coming and of. Yeah. Uh, That and and not being afraid, do not fear. I am with you. I have created you. I have called you by name. Exactly. Uh, Is that then? uh, Is that the image of? Well, one, it's the Messiah. So there's the hope of that. But it also kind of seems to move from a very physical judgment to a uh, spiritual.
0: And from a from a local a local uh, temporal interpretation from that moment of time in history. To a broader yes. application to right. the long term, because that's one thing we get is that these circles, these these Cyclical. cycles of judgment mm-hmm. and restoration and renewal and expansion and then judgment. And mm-hmm. so that is part of the biblical narrative we see over and over again. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the prophets spoke to them about their temporal, immediate situation. There was an immediate interpretation. But often, too, there was a broader, generalized application to the bigger picture of what God is doing. So you'll see sometimes talk about, you know, uh, he'll be talking about Tyre and Sidon, or he'll be talking about, um, as we said, some of these kingdoms that we looked at a while ago, Edom and Moab, talking about them. But there would be the bigger picture of how God deals with his people and how God is dealing in this world. Mm-hmm. Remember that the big theme, particularly now that Messiah has come, when Jesus Messiah came, see at this time God is working, the people of God, the people of Israel, the the quite hot heart of God's dealings is with the people of Israel. The, this nation to whom God has invested great in preserving them and keeping them and teaching them, they have the prophets. They have the scriptures. Now, obviously, he's still talking to people Nineveh. who never yeah. heard. Nineveh. this mm-hmm. One of the great revival. good that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. one of the greatest revivals. There are eight great revivals in the Old Testament. And one of them is what happened in Nineveh when when Noah, uh, Jonah goes over, Jonah goes over and gives them an eight-word sermon. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. <laughs> they didn't Revival. even tell them a good news. <laughs> he didn't say, if you repent, you know, he said, you're going to be destroyed. And they repented, <laughs> and it's one of the great revivals of mm-hmm. history that held off God's judgment on uh, uh, on them, mm-hmm. Nineveh and Assyria, for 100 years. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so that's what we see with the great, great prophets. And, and Isaiah in, is indeed one of the greatest, 60 years of ministry, a whole life invested uh, he sees the downfall of, of Samaria in the north uh, he sees he tells about Jerusalem is going to be destroyed the, he even predicts into the future the, the, the fall of Babylon the very nation God is going to use to to destroy uh, Jerusalem now I want to answer your question you said uh, most of the first 39 ver- chapters are generally about judgment about warning. Mm-hmm. Calling people to repent, to turn to God. The the other nations—Moab, uh, uh, Edom, uh, Ethiopia—these other nations. How are they judged? They're judged on the on the way they treat, treated God's people. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, okay. They are their condemnation or their judgment is based on how they treated God's people in some okay. ways. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all of this has a has an application to America today. How are we fitting into God's plan? Mm-hmm. You know, what well, you then, know, God's and, people and now. How is, God,
1: were God's people judged then? So, if they're judged on how they treat God's people, then God's people are judged on how they treat how faithfully,
0: how faithfully they, they served and loved God, and how faithfully they were to tell the message to tell the Edomites, the Moabites. Mm-hmm. See, they had a responsibility to preserve God's word. And to remain faithful as a people of God, to worship God and love God, to point other nations to Him, and as their faithfulness, they would bring into the world okay. ultimately this Messiah. Mm-hmm. They were going to be the people group through which Jesus mm-hmm. ultimately came mm-hmm. and and uh, became that living Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that's how they... And, and, of course, you can obviously see it wasn't because of their talent and their faithfulness that they were able to do it. Mm-hmm. God sustained them supernaturally. Mm-hmm. He overlooked and, and forgave many times their unfaithfulness, their disobedience, and, and He preserved them uh, and, and kept them so that when time came, as Galatians 4 said, in the right time, in the right moment, God sent forth His Messiah, born of, under the law a Jewish person, under the of a woman under the law. So all of the books of the prophecies, that's what they're doing, these wonderful men, powerful men. Next week we'll pick up with the second part of Isaiah, which is not about judgment and warning, but it's going to be mostly generally about hope, about restoration, about salvation, about the Messiah. That picks up at Isaiah chapter 40. I hope that you'll join us next week as we continue through the Bible.
1: The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on...